This is the Boundless Podcast. It is a sad truth that there is boundless need all over this world, maybe even in your own home. You're about to hear a message of boundless hope that comes through the boundless love of Jesus Christ. These messages were recently given at St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Hawthorne Woods, Illinois. And at the end of today's show, I'll tell you how you can find out more about St. Matthew. Now, here is today's message on Boundless. We're in the season of Epiphany, that time in the church year where God reveals himself, not only to the Jewish people, but to all the world through the person and work of his son, Jesus Christ. And so we're continuing our series on apologetics. And so today we turn our attention to the Apostles' Creed. This is one of the creeds that we have in the Christian church. There are three creeds that we have in the Christian church. They are the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, and the Athanasian Creed. Now, we're probably familiar with the scene. It'll happen in a little while after I wrap up my sermon. I'll say, in Jesus' name, amen. And then I'll ask you to please stand. And we'll join together and we'll confess our faith in the words of either the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed. And it begins with, I believe in. What does it mean when we say these words, when we confess these words together? What is a creed, and why do we have creeds in the Christian church? To give you the short answer of the sermon, the creed summarizes all of God's work in creation and human history that we read about in the Bible. Luther's small catechism that we've based this sermon series, it takes the creed and it breaks it off into three articles. The three articles correspond to the three parts of the Holy Trinity. We have God the Father in the first article. God the Father creates everything. And then we have God the Son in the second article, who redeems creation. And then we have the third article, the work of the Holy Spirit of bringing a person to faith. I pray that as we spend time this morning and as we walk through each part of the articles of the Creed, you'll leave here with a better understanding of what it means when we join together with all of our brothers and sisters and we say, I believe in. So to begin with, a creed is a simple statement of faith. It comes from the Latin word credo, I believe. When we say the words I believe in Luther's small catechism, he says it means what God has done for me. I am myself convinced that God has made me, he's redeemed me, and he's sanctified me. Each of the three creeds were written in a response to something that was happening in the early church. They were written in a response to some kind of controversy, some kind of false teaching or misunderstanding that had come into the church and caused confusion or bad teaching. A creed was written to address that. Now you're probably thinking the Apostles' Creed. That was written by the apostles, the 12 guys that followed Jesus. But it wasn't. It was written after their lives. But it was, it's a basic summary of the account that we have of the ministry of Jesus that is found in the four Gospels. The Apostles' Creed was written as a way for a person that was about to be baptized into the Christian faith, for them to uh, proclaim that faith in the early Christian church. So let's begin our, our walk through the, uh, through the Apostles' Creed by looking at that very first article. In that very first article, we hear about the work of God the Father and what he has done. 
God the Father is known to have created everything that we see around us. Now, we read of that account in creation. We read just a brief account of it this morning in the reading from Genesis. We read about how God created human life. Now, when you and I create things nowadays, we usually take and we create from something else. An example of this was when I was a kid, I loved to create buildings with Legos. I would build buildings out of Legos. Well, when God created everything around us, he created it out of nothing. And God simply, he, he created everything by speaking it, in, he spoke it into being. He said, let there be light, and there was light the first day. For six days, God created everything by simply speaking it into being, except for one thing. That's you and me. He didn't just willy-nilly say, you know, let there be humans, and there was humans. No, God was more intimate than that. He got down and was very personal with his creation. He got down into the dirt, and he formed us out of the dust and the dirt of the ground, and he breathed life into us. The first article reminds us that God has created everything around us. He didn't just create it and step back and let it go out on its own, but he daily continues to care for his creation. God made us in creation. He made us the top of creation, which means we are to be stewards. We're to be caretakers of all of God's creation. But we've forgotten our place in creation. We want to decide the fate of human life and what happens to it. And that leads, because of our sin, which leads to that second article, the work of Jesus Christ. In the second article, we hear about the person and work of Jesus Christ, how he was born of the Virgin Mary, how he suffered under the Roman, uh, Roman governor Pontius Pilate, how he died and was buried, how he descended into hell, not to suffer in hell, but to proclaim his victory to Satan and to tell him that he had won the battle. After that, he ascended into heaven, and from there he reigns in power and glory. A major part of that second article is the work of Jesus Christ, coming to redeem creation, to buy it back from Satan, from death, and from sin. Before Jesus came into the world, the world was living in darkness. It was controlled by Satan. It was controlled by sin and death. All this happened after Adam and Eve, they disobeyed God, and they ate from the tree that he told them not to eat. And so that sin entered into the world and was passed down generation after generation. In our gospel reading, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. And he tells them that since sin entered the world, the devil only has one purpose. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. This is the only thing that is found in the devil. Jesus tells us that he has come to, that we may have life and have it more abundantly more fully than we can imagine. Only in Jesus do we find life. When we say in that second article of the creed, we're confessing the work that Jesus has done, how he has redeemed us, bought us back from the power of sin, death, and the devil. And because of his death and resurrection, and because of him rising from the dead, we know that we have the promise of eternal life. I hope you're enjoying today's message on Boundless from St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Hawthorne Woods. For more, you can go to our website, www.stmatts.net. That's www.stmatts.net. 
You can also support our ministry and access more online content of Boundless Hope. And if you're in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, I would love to see you this weekend. You can go to the St. Matthew website to plan your visit. Now, back to today's message. Then we get to the third article. It emphasizes and looks at the work of the Holy Spirit. One of my seminary professors always calls the the Holy Spirit the forgotten part of the Trinity or the hidden figure because we don't speak a lot about the Holy Spirit like we do God the Father and God the Son as much as usual. The Holy Spirit does important work even though it sometimes is not mentioned or it's forgotten about. It creates faith in a person. It not only creates that faith, but it helps that person to grow in their faith. Without the help of the Holy Spirit bringing you and I to faith, we wouldn't have faith in Jesus Christ. You're probably sitting there thinking, well, pastor, I would would choose Jesus. I mean, look at all the good things he does for us and has done for us and continues to do. But you wouldn't without the Holy Spirit bringing you to faith. Because in our natural human sinful nature, we're so blind and turned in on ourselves and living in darkness that we want nothing to do with Jesus and what he offers. We wouldn't choose him. It's only through the work of the Holy Spirit that you and I are brought to saving faith. The Holy Spirit, it, it, it brings us to faith and it helps us to grow in that faith, to understand what Jesus has done for us through his life, death, and resurrection. The Holy Spirit brings all believers to faith and it brings and it creates the church. The church isn't just this great building that we're sitting in right now. The church is the body of all believers around the world who who confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now many of you probably live in communities, either Hawthorne Woods or Mundelein or, or wherever you may live, but you're part of a community. The church is a unique community. It's the only community that daily God richly and daily forgives all of our sins. In the last part of that third article, it's all about the end times, that second coming of Christ. What's going to happen when he returns? How there's going to be a bodily resurrection for everyone. How our body and soul are going to be brought back together. And because you and I, we have been baptized into Christ's name, and we believe in Jesus Christ and what he has done for us, we get to have the promise of eternal life with him. As I was writing this message, as I was gathering my my information, looking at the Apostles' Creed and the Gospel reading, and, and just thinking about this Sunday, I struggled and wrestled with a lot of questions. In the creed, we see how life is so important to God, how at the very beginning, he just didn't speak it into existence. He got down with his hands and his knees, and he formed us out of the dust, out of the dirt, and he breathed life into us. We hear about in that second article how God loves us so much that he willingly sent his one and only son to die for you and me, for the forgiveness of sins, to redeem us from sin, death, and the power of the devil. And we hear about the work of the Holy Spirit, how it creates faith in our lives. We hear in our our gospel reading how Jesus tells us that he's come, that we may have life and have it more abundantly. But on this Sanctity of Life Sunday, this is that Sunday in the church here where we especially draw emphasis to all life. 
whether newborn life or not yet born life or even into older life, into all life on this Sunday. But sadly, we live in a world of death. We are all connected by life. We've all received life from God, but we live in this world of death. God has created us and made us to be, to be, to be caretakers of his creation. But we live in a world right now that wants to control life. We've seen the value of human life be disregarded, forgotten about, and pushed to the side and ignored through all of the wars that have been fought, where, where people who have been killed have been just considered collateral damage of a war. We've seen how the value of human life was taken away during the Holocaust, where lives were taken in a machine-like way by the Nazis. We live in a world that wants to control life, and it's made it very political where we encounter it every day. We see this with the debate with babies and abortion and just how we treat all life on this planet. The world has this broken and, and view of creation. They see people, you and me, as beings, that you have some, when you have something to offer uh, to the world, once you've contributed all that you have to give to the world, you're going to be pushed to the side and kind of forgotten about. There's no use for you anymore. We've seen this play out, as I said, in the, de in the debates on abortion and physician-assisted suicide that continues to pop up. We've forgotten that, we, that all life is a gift from God. And instead, we want to play judge, jury, and executioner of life. We want to decide when life begins and when life should end. The, question I, the questions I wrestled with this week as I was reading about the Apostles' Creed, about how life was so important to God, and then looking at the Gospel reading, and then looking and thinking about Life Sunday. So instead of my, my normal application, I'd like to share my, my wrestling questions I had this week, and I'd like you to think about and wrestle with them. One of the questions I had would, would be, would, what would life look like if instead of a world that we lived in of death, if we lived in a world of life? What would our world look like if we treated people as people and not just beings that once you've contributed what you have for our society, we just kind of push you off to the side and we forget about you? What about if we cared about all life in all stages? Of life what would our world look like if we saw life as a gift from God a gift that he was willing to pay the ultimate price for to die for us I ask you to wrestle with these questions this week as you reflect on the Apostles Creed the three articles and as you reflect on what sanctity of life Sunday means and while you're doing that, I want you to remember these words from Jesus that he tells us in John. I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you enjoyed today's message. Boundless is produced by St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Hawthorne Woods, Illinois. And if you're in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, you're invited to join us for worship services and other events at St. Matthew. Go to our website to plan your visit at www.stmatts.net. Please rate the show wherever you got your podcast from, and positive reviews are always welcome. Thank you for listening to the Boundless Podcast. God's richest blessings to you, and join us again next time.